humans, this is Ellie doing a quick intro for this episode. We got together over Skype with our friend Andrew Abood, who lives over in the UK, or as he put it, just the K, because it's not so united at this time. Uh, and we had a conversation with him about uh, what job hunting is like over there in Europe and learned some interesting things. We learned, I don't know if we thought it was going to be so vastly different that it was more like outer space, but it's uh, actually a lot more like our experience over here than, than we thought. So interesting conversation with Andrew. We hope you like it. Let us know. Bye. Hi, Ellie. Hi, Josh. Hi, Ellie. I missed your hi, Andrew. Say hi to Andrew. Hi, Andrew. <laughs> hi, Josh. <laughs> uh, we are recording. I'm just going to set this up a little bit. We're recording over Skype with our friend Andrew. He is, where, you're in London, right? Yeah. 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 London, UK. London, UK. Foggy old which London. Which is no town. longer part of Europe. Although it's not very united right now. Not, <laughs> it's just K. It's just, yes. <laughs> just, the, just the K. <laughs> it's just the kingdom. The It could be the UUK, the ununited kingdom. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like it. <laughs> well, that's another podcast. So what we want to talk to you about today, Andrew, is um, we know you left uh, a job that you had been at for a while, right? A, lo- a pretty long time? Five years. Five years. And you left that job in November of... 2015 is that am i remembering that right december but but uh, but mentally left a couple of months earlier <laughs> fair maybe that's what i remember uh so what uh, what we wanted to talk about is what the the process is over there because we you know we know a lot about looking for a job and what you look for in a company and what tools you use and all of that over here in america but i really wanted to expand our world view and understand uh, what it's like over there. So just to get us started, um, are you still looking? Uh, I am looking, although I'm also doing uh, consulting work. Oh, so okay. I, I'm doing consulting work and I'm looking for a permanent role. Okay. And how, so where's the, where's the primary focus there? Are you spending more time consulting and enjoying it and kind of looking? Yeah, well, uh, yes. I'm, well, I'm doing both. I am spending a lot more time consulting because I'm, uh, that, that's a kind of full-time job. So I'm, yeah. um, that's taking up most of my time. Right. And um, and I am enjoying it. Um, uh, although th- uh, there are bits about having a full-time job that I do miss. So, um, so, I'm, so I will be, when I'm in between assignments, which will happen in the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. I will start spending more time looking for a full-time job again because it's quite time-consuming doing it properly it is that's true Uh, um what tools do you use is linkedin valuable over there i know you're on linkedin but is it useful um well linkedin is it is useful although i'd say it's of limited use and and i Mm. think that the challenge has been i mean the last time i've had to act i've actively looked for a job was in 2008 so oh, well, it was last you know eight <laughs> years ago and, and so that was the last time I did it and so um and the world has changed since 2008 yeah. as in in the UK uh, as it has in the US and elsewhere sure. right and uh, and one of the things that's happened I think is uh, I LinkedIn's a much bigger network and is much more important from a rec- recruitment perspective mm-hmm. um 
but also the, the downside of that has been, as, as my brother says to me when I, when I talk about the frustration of, of working, of looking for a job in this way, is, you know, there's a there's an asymmetry between the, the people who are um, uh, looking for people getting jobs and the people looking for jobs. You know, the people who are the employers and the recruiters and headhunters mm -hmm. who are looking for candidates and the candidates themselves. So, so, so a disconnect. It, well, there's a, the, the disconnect is it's a much bigger uh, number of people. It's so easy now to apply for jobs that 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 actually volume is a problem. Right. Yeah. And and I'll give I'll give you I'll give you an example of that. Yeah. Um, you know, several months ago, I started looking at, you know, using LinkedIn. I signed up to LinkedIn Premium, although I'm not particularly sure what, what that's giving me <laughs> um, uh, other than a monthly fee. Um, uh, and what I've noticed is that, I mean, you really, you know, jobs are post posted there typically by companies. Um, I'll come on to recruiters later, but typically by companies. And um, uh, and and there's a closing date for, for many jobs. Mm -hmm. um, and usually it's sort of... Um, let's say, two to four weeks from the date it's posted. Now, what, what LinkedIn's good at is, you know, you, you, you set you, some search criteria and it sends you every night. So every night around 11 o'clock uh, UK time, I get um, notifications of, um, of roles that, that fit the search criteria that I set. Mm -hmm. so, so, so typically I'll wake up in the morning and I'll, and I'll look, look through a list of things. And um, the, the challenge with that is uh, that... Even jobs that are posted um, with a one-month window in terms of, you know, closing date for applications, typically, I mean, they go, they get closed within two days because of the flood of applications oh. for roles. Because it's so easy to apply for roles. And um, uh, the process uh, digitally is very quick. And, um, and that's either by um, connecting to a, a company's website through LinkedIn and their application process, and that's a bit more painful but you can just do it. Um, it, it. Some companies just suck in all your LinkedIn data, and that happens, you know, at the click mm -hmm. of a button. And so the challenge is, the people looking for candidates will just get flooded with um, candidates mm -hmm. within a day or two, right. and sometimes hours. And and I don't think, and I could be totally wrong because I don't see the other side of this. Is I don't know what tools they have to intelligently filter through all of this. Right. Um, Right. Now, now I get told that, you know, well, you've got to have specific keywords and all sorts of things. Um, but uh, in your LinkedIn profile and um, and, you know, and I think I've got those. But what I don't know is what is how do they intelligently at the other end process through this volume of candidates? Yeah, I don't think they do. I don't think they do. I think I've heard <laughs> from a lot of recruiters that I know or like, you know, recruitment professionals that the best way to use it is to find a, a job like that and then try to find in your network someone who's connected to that job and then like uh, it's, it's and, funny and not that, apply online right and not apply online until you've met that person because uh, it's uh, I'm trying to remember the quote but it's like the majority of new hires for like the the level of position that you're looking for especially are done in a coffee shop rather than in the interview room. Yeah, now. that was in our. We did an episode with a with a recruiter um, named Kat Duncan, and she was talking about that. Don't apply online. Never do right. that. It's just a black hole. But I mean, as sometimes, yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes it can get your foot in that door. But um, but yeah, I see LinkedIn as more of like a kind of a, a professional network builder 
uh, around those jobs. And uh, and and actually, and, and that that actually um, uh, does does fit in with what I've experienced. And and I was speaking to a fellow CIO who's also been looking for a role, and he's been doing an interim role, but he's looking for a full time mm-hmm. role. And he said to me, he's not doing anything online, nothing. He said he said um, uh, he's contacting the recruiters, and and really it's you know we call them the headhunters, the executive search yeah. firms. Um, and actually, I've done all of that. So, so that was the first thing I did. I I reconnected with a number of people I knew from several years ago, and that's a and that's a painful process because um, typically um, they have no interest in you unless they have a position to fill for uh, right. for, for one of their clients. So, so um, unless they have a position to fill and they think you may be of interest, they just don't want to know you. That's the reality. Right, and they um, get paid. If the employer hires you, whether you're a fit or yeah. not. Yeah. Seems like um, click, click talent is needed in the UK. <gasps> they need to expand globally. <laughs> what were you What's gonna... click talent? Oh, that's our friend. It's the person that we interviewed uh, oh. that said don't don't apply online. <laughs> and and I actually think so so the online route has not been particularly helpful. And actually even with the, the recruiters that had you know, m- my last three jobs have been placed by three of the sort of the, the biggest executive search firms. So I have mm-hmm. contacts in those three organizations. Mm-hmm. And in only one of them have I managed to have a conversation with someone. Interesting. Mm. Um, wow. Uh, I mean, they, they really just operate in a way that's not, I mean, they're just not at all candidate friendly. Um, right. uh, now, interestingly, one of the other um, channels I've been using, j- just because I heard about it and I thought, well, I'll try it out, um, uh, and and learn something from it is um, somewhat a UK former CIO um, looked into this market and thought you know it just doesn't work very well particularly at the executive level and he, excuse me and he set up a site called not actively looking <laughs> and um, so it's not not actively looking dot com and not actively looking is um, he has has established connections with. The executive search firms, a, a number of, of you know the, the big executive search firms, and and so it's a site typically for executive roles, and um, uh, and and you you know you provide them with all your data. You can have you can, you can connect to LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, uh, and uh, and it means that you become part of. Um, I mean, exec- it helps if you know how executive search firm works. Um, and and uh, and what it is, it essentially, you become part of their database of networks that they will go to, mm. and they may, and if they subscribe to it, they'll probably go to you before they go to LinkedIn because they know that they're looking at um, people that are at a probably at an executive level, and there's a smaller number of people uh, that sure. are more probably specific for what they're looking for than the masses of people on LinkedIn. Right, isn't that that's so interesting that we went the pendulum swung so far from. Um, in-person networking to everything is online and and now we're we're all the way into that um, just just barrage of of people online and things to filter through and we haven't created it so I, I know that's true over here too we have the same problems and it sounds like it's it's also true we haven't created that way for for companies to reasonably filter that out I wonder why LinkedIn. I agree. You should invent that as a CIO and sell it to LinkedIn. 
Well, and I must admit that the LinkedIn, um, well, a lot of the LinkedIn data, search results, any, everything that comes, and I think some of the premium features that you get as a, as a candidate, I mean, are not particularly impressive. And, mm -hmm. um, and their algorithms to, to, um, to, to, to surface jobs that are similar or they try to guess the type of, um, um, uh, was it salaries for particular positions, look completely out of line with what I would expect them to be. I mean, I think there's something seriously not right with, um, with the kind of LinkedIn predictive um, analytics engine. Well, they're, they're and employers... If Mike, and if, Employers don't Sorry, find if, it helpful either. Yeah, and if Microsoft was expecting to get that out of LinkedIn, they've got <laughs> a lot of work to do. Well, maybe they'll fix it. Maybe. They have a long history of fixing. I guess I would have preferred it if IBM had bought LinkedIn and they could hook Watson up to that shit. But yeah, that's okay. Um, so what do you look for in a company? What um, Are you focused on values or benefits or pay or... What do, what are you looking for? Well, um, I'm looking for values is important. So, mm -hmm. so you know, I, I made a decision uh, um, about 10 years ago. I thought, you know, I don't want to work for um, uh, a company in the tobacco industry. I just don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. sure. yeah, and, and because, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a large employer in, in London investing a lot in technology and, and roles came up. And I was contacted and I thought, right, no, don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so, so I made that decision. So to me, the, the mission of the organization is important. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so that, that, that attracts me. And that's, you know, with the mission goes the values. Um, uh, another one is location. You know, I've, as, as you know, I spent a lot of time traveling over the last few years. Mm -hmm. I've decided I want a job based in London. I will travel, but it's got to be based in London. Mm. Um, so that's another thing. You mean you don't um, want to work in Switzerland anymore? Because that was pretty nice. Well, it, well, and funny you should say that because, uh, well, I may, I may have to end up back in Switzerland because of the uh, the uh, Brexit situation in the UK. <laughs> I mean, that's, well, but that's the other challenge. Yeah. Companies have not been recruiting for about six months, waiting for a decision on the refer the outcome of the referendum, Whoa, with really? the expectation that it would be a a Remain win. And it's been the opposite. And actually, they're, held the, they're holding off decisions even more now. So oh. it's a real chaotic situation in Crap. the employment market here. Mm. Well, I have to tell you, I'm not going to feel sorry for you if you have to work in Switzerland again. Because <laughs> I worked with you there and it was beautiful. So, Oh, it is. Our worst place to be. Yeah. Um, so, so, so mission, values, location, um, and... Um, you know, I mean, oh, very importantly, challenge. There's going to be a challenging role. Mm, I've always said, sure. I'm not keep the lights on guy. Um, uh, so it's got to be challenging. It's got to be interesting. I've got to learn something from it. If I know I can do the job quite easily, normally I don't want it. That's how I've approached most roles I've had. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, I like to think that um, it's going to be difficult and I might fail. Actually, that, that, that motivates me. Oh, um, interesting. Uh, so, so that's something I look for. But challenging in what ways? Because... There's challenging in I can't make progress in this organization because of bureaucracy, and there's challenging because the work is just hard. Um, and they're very different. It, yeah, yeah, they are, and I think it's more the latter. So, so right. hard, um, uh, which also gets me on to 
I, I like to work for, I want to work for an organization and I'm looking for organizations that want to change. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, and, and, and it's interesting because, uh, and, you know, I've spent the last eight years in higher education and, and actually, um, a lot of the disruption in higher education really is in the US. Now, there's a kind of an ed tech sector growing in Europe, but it's still the large institutions are still really not embracing the disruption. And mm -hmm. in fact, every survey I read, and there's a lot of them on um, embracing, um, uh, uh, well, the, on, on the disruption of um, uh, the amount of disruption in an industry, the, the, the education sector comes out the lowest in nearly all of them. Right. Uh, are, and, you, um, are you planning to stay in uh, ed tech? Or? Well, uh, well, may I think if the right opportunity arises, I will. And um, uh, but but what I don't want actually is to be in a you know a very large traditional higher education environment, in, which would be typically university in the UK that mm -hmm. just doesn't want to change and is. Um, uh, and and doesn't doesn't see the the criticality of mm -hmm. embracing digital technology. Right. Gotcha. Um, what about benefits? What are what what do you look for in uh, a benefit package in a company there? Um, well, I mean, here typically I'd look for things like um, I mean, pretty basic. Uh, most most companies will a lot of companies will provide private health care although you, you really don't need it um mm -hmm. uh, in the uk so so they'll provide it and and if you had to buy it, it wouldn't be very expensive anyhow right. so it's not a huge benefit um some some provide i mean you know i worked at pwc for many years i mean the benefits um uh, uh provision there and the choice was incredible it was there was a huge amount of choice self-service online you would go and choose what you wanted actually and oh. you could change it during the year. Uh, but mm. I mean, an unbelievable range of benefits. Now, I'm, you know, I, I don't need, I actually, I actually, I'm more interested in, you know, um, salary, um, uh, bonus, pension. Mm -hmm. um, if equity is available, then equity. But, but essentially, pension is probably the most important one. Wow. I don't know if we, <laughs> do we even have pension here anymore? There's like a couple of jobs places. that have yeah. pension, but it's not but, common. But, but what? But pension is like it, their contributions. That's the equivalent of your four hundred one k, which I presume oh, your okay. employers mm. contribute to. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's normal. But yeah, so, okay. uh, I mean that that's really it. Some companies provide cars, company cars, um, but increasingly that's coming out of favour um, because of the the, the the sort of the tax implications of that. Sure. Um, but essentially, that's it. I mean, there's a, there's a kind of a a non-contractual benefit, but it's really a cultural one, which is around flexible working, being able to work flexibly, be at home somewhere else, not having to go into an office every day. That's a very important one. Right. Gotcha. So similar. Okay. How intertwined are professional and, and personal connections there? So, so here we, um, <clears throat> I think we make connections with people at work. They become more personal connections that and it's it's very intertwined is there more of a distinction between that is it part of how you network oh i mean absolutely it, it i think it works the same way and um uh, and in, in some areas you know london's big on in financial services there's mm -hmm. there's a huge and typically probably in government 
there's a huge network of um, that, that comes actually from uh, schools and university. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a very very strong network. Typically, the higher, more senior levels um, uh, in those sectors. Um, but I'll, I'll give you a very direct example. We we have a um, there was there was a we have a communal garden behind our house. We have a, a party every summer. We had one last week. We invited some friends to come to it. Mm-hmm. And this friend of mine who runs his own uh, sort of small business said to me, you know, he's thinking of building an app. And he's working with a guy who used to be a, a partner in a leading investment bank. Mm-hmm. And so I started talking to him. I started talking to him about, you know, well, you need product managers. You need to work in an agile way. Talking about the lean startup, all the good stuff you all know mm-hmm. and taught me. Mm-hmm. And um and I'm meeting the guy for breakfast tomorrow morning. So this guy's partner, nice. who's, oh. who's, who's a key driver in it. So, so a lot of things do happen this way. I mean, the, the consulting work I've been doing the last three months, I've got actually through my network of contacts that started off professionally yeah. mm-hmm. and, in, and, and, and then develop into friendships. Yeah. Cool. Um, what do you think... Uh, what do you think is different from your experience? Because the company that you worked for that I met you through was based here in the United States. Um, so I know you spent a, a fair amount of time here and working with us, but w- what do you think? Um, it sounds like there's a, there's a lot of similarities in how we network and how long it takes and what kind of work you have to put into it. But what do you think we should know to help us understand um, a more global perspective on, on looking for employment? Oh, <laughs> that's a big question. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd say the one thing I've always noticed that's very different about the, the U.S. than, say, Europe, and certainly, the, and I include the U.K. in that, surprisingly, um, is, um, is that in the U.S., people are generally, not always, but generally much more willing to move and relocate around the country. It's a very mm-hmm. big country, as mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and people do move a lot uh, because of their jobs. Mm-hmm. And um, and they look for jobs. I'm always amazed by this. They look for jobs that are nowhere near where they live. I mean, they're in completely different states. They could be the other side of the country, um, and uh, and and they will do it. They'll, they'll make the move. I mean, that's very rare in in Europe and the UK. Really. And 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 you know, I mean, I I, I went and worked in Switzerland in my last job, but but that that's very rare. And um, uh, I know very few people who've done that. That's interesting because I've I I guess I had assumed that the opposite is true because I I think <clears throat> about where you're located and the the train system and just the the transportation system and and I think if I lived in London uh, I would have all of these opportunities all all over Europe and and mm-hmm. I would be much more flexible than I am here where but it's funny because when I when I think about where I want to be located in relation to my job here, I want to be within 20 minutes. <laughs> so, mm. But we have, you know, a poor infrastructure with our roads, particularly here in Minneapolis where we're, we're growing uh, really quickly and our roads just haven't been able to keep up with it. We have harsh winters where we can't continue to work on the roads all winter. So, um, it's just, it's hard. The harsh winters break the roads. <laughs> it's hard to get, it's hard <laughs> to get to work here if you were, if you are too far away. So. But the winters are actually beautiful. Come, come work in technology in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to move, <laughs> well, to, do you want to move to Minneapolis? Cause we have a so good startup. 
industry. I was in Mi- I was in Michigan at the end of May for my brother in my wife's brother's wedding, and the mm-hmm. and I've been to Michigan many times. Uh-huh. The roads in Michigan are easily the worst roads I've ever come mm-hmm. across anywhere. I'd include the third world in that category. Wow. Wow. Well, I don't want to say I don't know. I can't confirm or deny that. I don't know enough about Michigan roads, but they get pretty crappy here because of yeah. the fluctuation in temperature. It's very it's very similar and you have to like we pump a ton of money into our our road infrastructure and we're just barely even able to keep up even with that. Well, what sucks is that as soon as it gets nice out and you think okay, well the roads are clear of ice, all the roads are closed to fix them from the ice. So it's like <laughs> what's the point of why do we even have roads? What's the point? You can never use them. Everything's gravel. Yeah. That's it. We need to go back to horses and carriages, basically. (laughs) Analog. Uh, I'm curious how, one, a couple more questions. I'm curious how your, you got into this a little bit, but how your IT role, how you're translating that, coming from ed tech, how you're translating that to other categories, and is is there more crossover, or do people stay kind of within category once they get themselves embedded in a in an in an industry um well i i know people often do stay um uh, my, my approach is i quite like doing different things so so to me that's mm-hmm. part of the challenge which is being exposed to a different industry yeah um be, because actually i think there's a lot of learning to be applied across different across industries mm-hmm. industries learn from each other a lot when people move across different industries and um and and I think yeah, there's always there's always the arguments of well yeah, but you know you lose on the one hand what you lose in terms of the depth of knowledge of an industry, you can gain on the other by by transferring something new to to a new sector mm-hmm. that that um, uh, that both you and the the employ your your new employer um, gains from. I I think a lot of what's happening um, in the digital space is very relevant to many industries right. and. Um, uh, and so I think a lot of the skills are transferable. Cool. Outside of education, what industry do you think you've you've pulled the most learning from? Um, you know, like what other industries? Well, I mean, I so I, I guess most of my career has been spent in you know what I call knowledge industries. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, so people, professional services firms, consulting firms. That, that's where I've had sort of senior technology roles. And so, you know, ed- education for me is, is similar. It's a no- another knowledge business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So really, pe- people businesses are, are, are where I've spent a lot of time. I've been doing in- very interestingly, interestingly some consulting work the last few months in local government in the UK. Oh. I've never had any exposure or work in government. And, and it's interesting because um, the, the complexities are so much greater than any other Mm-hmm. organization I've worked in that the breadth of services that have to be delivered is astonishing mm-hmm. and it ranges you know from um, re- collecting and recycling your garbage right through to the other end some very complex um, social care issues mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that affect underprivileged people and local government has to provide all the range of services in between as well you know including supporting businesses infrastructure Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people, uh, it, it's, it's, it's actually um, very complex and very interesting um, mm-hmm. as a result. But a lot of what I've learned in my career in other sectors are very applicable. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm working in hel- helping the technology organization 
um, get better at managing his, his investments, realizing the benefits of his in investments, and that applies across any industry. Mm -hmm. right. Becoming more flexible to use our needs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Uh, well, since you <coughs> haven't listened to any of our other episodes yet, <laughs> you might not know what the random questions jar is. But ah. it's a jar, and it's filled with random questions that our guests and listeners have put in. And we end every interview with uh, with the guest um, choosing a question out of here. So I'm going to just dig into this since you can't get into the jar yourself. And I'm going to ask you a question from a yellow piece of paper. I feel a random jar digital app. Um, is needed. Oh, that's a good idea. Can you build me that? No. <laughs> I don't understand. We know, we know a person. I don't understand this question. I might. Okay, I'm going to read it. Just like it says, uh, it just says, your desert island question. Only ah, I know, I know, yeah, I get it. Okay, what is it? I don't well, get it. Uh, the, the only thing I can think of, well, what's the question? Oh, here, I'm holding it up to the Skype window. Oh, is, that, is that all it is? Your desert island question? Yeah, so I don't know if that uh, means... Oh, so maybe it's asking you what your desert island question is. Is it, do you, um, like, what music do you bring to a desert island? What food do you bring? Who, what person yeah, do you Yeah, so I could only... So my thought on this is, in fact, I was listening it to, to it this morning. Um, I was listening to the U.S. ambassador to the U.K., on talking on the BBC, there's a weekly show called Desert Island Discs. It's a oh. it's 50, 60 years old. It's brilliant. Um, the podcasts are available. And um, and it's about um, they choose eight tracks of music and then they get interviewed and asked questions. You know, why did they choose it? But then also they get asked questions about their life mm -hmm. so um, and their career. So 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 actually it's very relevant. Um, I'm always thinking about what would my Desert Island Discs be? Oh. Um uh, so, um, what's your answer on oh, this day? Oh, on this day, what's well, a tough one? Yeah. Um, uh, I because I'm I'm thinking I always think about eight of them. So, oh, I know one of them would be always is Queen. Don't stop me now because oh. it's got to be. I also want that played at my funeral because it's one of the most cheerful. It's a very hard song mm -hmm. to be miserable about. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that would be my answer to that. If that was the question, Josh is a big Queen fan. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm Yep. Listened only to Queen for how many years in a row? I think at least two, possibly three. <laughs> and I've seen Queen live with oh. Freddie Mercury. Nice. Cool. I saw yeah. the um, the only time I ever saw one was that broadcast um, of the the I think it was the AIDS Relief Foundation that they did, and then he passed away shortly after that. So. Mm -hmm. So, so have I answered that question? Yes. I think so. That was a good answer. I, I had one thing to say that actually I didn't say earlier that might be relevant, mm -hmm. which is the approach I decided to take um, when I was started looking for a job was, first of all, I said, I don't want to do anything for three months. So that's what I did. Mm -hmm. January to March, I didn't do anything. Um, and, um, and then I thought, right, I'm going to have a, a, a three-pronged approach, which is, I'll I'll contact the uh, the headhunters, the executive search firms. Mm -hmm. um, I will. Um, that was my first track. The second track was I'm going to focus on. I'm going to identify some companies I want to work for, mm. and and I'm going to try and 
find people there that um, can get me in. Yep. And the third one was I'll do consulting work. And um, and actually, maybe there was a fourth one as well, which is, you know, I'll learn some new things. So I've done a couple of MOOCs uh, that have been very interesting. And, um, and, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll go to events that just widen my network. Yeah. That seems like a really smart approach. Mm-hmm. And are you taking the 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 approach that your friend recommended of not applying for anything online strictly or will you do that if it seems valuable yeah well i i haven't applied it strictly um uh, although I, I i should reconsider whether i should do it at all because it's <laughs> not proved to be at all uh, fruitful all yeah. the opportunities that have come to me have come to me through people i know yeah hmm. interesting so just go down to the pub Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's too early for us to go down to the pub, so we'll let you uh, go because I think it's it's uh, tea time or pub time there. I've already been to the pub. Oh, okay, great, <laughs> perfect. Had had pub lunch today. Perfect. Oh, nice. That's why I couldn't start until uh, three nice. o'clock. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you uh, I'm glad that you planned around the pub. I would expect nothing otherwise. Absolutely. Yeah. It, 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 was a, it was a teetotal pub visit, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was great talking to you again, Andrew, and uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you very much, you... Elliot Josh. And I, I look forward to listening to this and especially other podcasts. Especially other ones. <laughs> um, I need you, after we hang up, I need you to type a random question jar into the message because we okay. have to put your question I will, in. I'll think about that. You owe us a question. Okay. Okay. All right. I will do that. Thanks, Andrew. Good to meet you. Excellent. Take care. Have a nice Sunday. Let us know how your job search goes. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I will do. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening, humans. As always, you can find us on Twitter at ProHumans, on our Facebook page, ProHumans Podcast, on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash ProHumans, or go the easy route and log on to ProHumans.com where you can find all that stuff and more. This is Danger wishing you a professional week.